At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. We continue to work our way through the entire Hornets roster. Last edition, we sat down with LaMelo Ball. If you didn't get a chance to hear that podcast, go back through the archives and catch up. You can also check in on a variety of other players that we have discussed here on the HHC. And I think we got another big one in store for you today. Gordon Hayward is our guest a little bit later on the show. We'll talk about year three for him here in Buzz City, his expectations going into an offseason where for the first time, really, uh, he is relatively speaking, knock on wood, a healthy player able to fully take advantage of this upcoming summer. So we're excited for that for him and what's to come. We'll talk about his campaign with him as well as with our guest here today on the Hornets Hivecast, one of our favorites, senior writer for Hornets.com, Sam Purley, back with us again. Sam, thanks as always for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Gordon Hayward is really one of the foundational players for the Hornets over the last three seasons. His availability so often determined success for the Hornets. That is lessened a little bit as the rest of the roster has grown around him, but still he's clearly had an impact on winning here with Charlotte. Before I get to my general thoughts, what do you think of year three for Gordon Hayward here with Team Teal? Yeah, definitely a little bit different than the first two seasons played out, both personally for him and then as the team-wise. The first two seasons, I mean, I think with about a month well, I think the, we'll go back to his first season with about maybe was it like six weeks to go in the season, had the what amounted to what was a, a season ending foot sprain. And then last year, similar situation right for the All-Star break has the ankle sprain, misses a couple months, comes back, never really gets going again and is basically out for the season. So his uh, his first two years in Charlotte ended early. This year didn't really seem to have the really major injury like the foot sprain, like the ankle sprain the first couple of years. He did have, you know, a couple setbacks early on. It was the, the shoulder and then he had a hamstring thing. They were just kind of being really careful around. But once he started, kind of got through those a little bit. Um, I think starting around mid January, played 29 of 30 games, um, and played pretty well. Just kind of, uh, starting with January 21st till March 26th, the end of that two game Dallas series. And then when the Hornets started to kind of phase in the younger guys uh, was really consistent and I thought it was just kind of like I think I remember hearing it on the broadcast one time was kind of like I don't know if ironic is the word but it seemed like with a lot of other guys going down Gordon was the one there in the second half of the season really kind of helping them steer the ship and navigate absences to LaMelo and and to some of these guys on the offensive end too so I think there was you know once you saw him and saw him get going and play consistently you saw why he is so important to this team it is interesting that 
psychologically starts and finishes to a season are so much more important than everything else. And all games are equal. They're they're all one of 82. They're all going to count the same once you get to the end uh, and look back at the standings. But if you start a season strong statistically or end one strong statistically, that kind of carries either through the entire campaign or glosses over a lot of things. Case in point, a lot of people were really high on the Utah Jazz early in the season because they got off to this very surprising and outstanding start, and it propels Laurie Markkinen into an all-star season, and I'm not saying he wasn't deserving. He absolutely was, but without that team success, maybe he doesn't end up getting there. Maybe someone else goes, and then you look back at the end of the season and say, wait a minute, what happened? They're outside looking in at even the play-in tournament. So, again, strong statistical start kind of shapes everyone's viewpoint on the season for him. And with Gordon Hayward, as you mentioned, he ends his first two seasons in Charlotte on the bench, unavailable to play due to injury, and that kind of frames everyone's views on his season, saying maybe it's an unsuccessful one because he was not there in the closing games and the play-in tournament games to get Charlotte into the playoffs as he would have loved and the team would have loved obviously, but you know circumstances were what they were. And now you look at the statistics here in year three, and he played in exactly one more game than he had the prior year where he had the injury. So even though he's able to miss less of a major injury, he still only plays in one more game than the 21-22 campaign. And yet I think if we talk to most fans, they would say, well, he was clearly far more available, far healthier in year three than at any prior point. Yeah, and maybe it was maybe because this season there were so many injuries that maybe it kind of got buried. And Gordon had, I think his absences were, I mean, they were not nearly as significant as the first to, I mean, missing, you know, what last season, that was a two and a half. I mean, it was a season ending injury and, and right before the all-star break. We didn't really necessarily know it at the time, but that's what it ended up being a pretty severe ankle sprain a uh, year before that. So that's a really good, interesting way to frame it. If, if you put the, you know, if he misses the first month and a half and then finishes out the rest of the season, you know, it's an injury plague season. Is that the story necessarily? No, it's, it took him a while to get going, but you know, I, I think it kind of lingers a little bit because at the end of the season, you want to be playing your best basketball. You want your team to be playing your best basketball. You want to be showing improvements that you've made strides over the season. And unfortunately, Gordon wasn't able to play his best basketball at the end of his first two seasons because he wasn't available. And um, just had some really bad luck with the, with those injuries. I mean, it was the, I mean, I still remember in that Pacer game, his first season, I mean, it's one wrong step and goes down. And then, you know, somebody, I think it was Gary Trent, rolled into his ankle and here uh, while playing for Toronto. And uh, that's unfortunate. I mean, we saw it so many times this year. Some of his injuries are just bad luck. It's one wrong step on somebody's foot. It's one, you know, roll the ankle this way or that way. And it ends up sidelining you for several weeks too. But uh, I didn't even realize that he had played the same amount of games this year. And uh, maybe that just kind of got buried because there were just so many injuries on the team. Ends up playing 50 games. All of them starts. Minutes roughly the same as uh, all other seasons. Some of the good, some of the bad from year three for Gordon Hayward in Charlotte. Uh, he ended up shooting the ball from three, the worst of any of his three seasons. That dropped down to 32.5%, the lowest since uh, very early in his career in Utah. He did, however, shoot from two-point range, the best in his time in Charlotte. He was north of 50% from two-point range for the first time since joining the Charlotte Hornets. It was his best passing season in the Queen City, but his worst rebounding season. So it's, it's a little bit of a tough year to get a read on. And for all of these stats, I think that's true because, as we've been talking about, there were so many injuries for so many other guys. There were a lot of times where Gordon Hayward was the, relatively speaking, only healthy 
primary starter remaining on the team. And so a lot of the defensive attention is going to flow his way. That's going to make different things more difficult for him, like rebounding, like three-point percentage, if you're having to constantly create your own shot. So there's a lot there to to try and pull apart. And like we've been saying for several of these other podcasts, it's not necessarily everything being equal to compare one season's three-point percentage to another based off how many injuries there were, but uh, that's what we have to go on. The, the one thing that I think does remain the same, though, is the impact Gordon Hayward has on winning. And the amount of impact might be declining, but it's still very noticeable what the team's record is with him and without him. Year one, when he arrived in Charlotte, they were a playoff team when he played 24-20. and 20, They were anything but when he did not, 9-19. and 19. Him being lost for the remainder of the season definitely probably killed the Hornets' chances of making the playoffs in LaMelo Ball's rookie season and in Gordon Hayward's first season in Charlotte. Year two, that impact was less than 26 and 23 with them, 17 and 16 without him. That evened out way down the stretch. They eventually kind of figured out, quote unquote, how to play without Gordon, but it certainly took a while. But the numbers were what they were. This season, a losing record, whether he was on the floor or not, but check out these percentages. When he played, team was 20 and 30. It's a 40% win percentage. It's not going to make the playoffs, but that's what the number is. When he didn't play, 7 and 25, a 21% win percentage. So things just completely fell out of the bottom of the bag when Gordon Hayward wasn't out there. And I think that is the focal point for Charlotte. What his role will be moving forward, I'm not entirely sure, but it's still crystal clear to me. If he's on the floor for significant minutes, the Hornets' chances are far better to win that game than if he is not. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I just noticed that now, too, because I had a feeling you were going to look it up, and it's 20-30 and 30 this year. So the fact they only were able to get seven wins without him this year um, speaks to his value. And again, I think you have to also look at, I, I, we don't have the math, but you look at the stretches he missed, and okay, did that line up with who else was not playing? I mean, he had a big stretch, I think, in um, when he was playing when he started kind of his most consistent stretch in terms of availability in mid-January, uh, Kelly Oubre wasn't available for the first half of it. Lamella wasn't available for the second half of it. So you have to kind of take these with a grain of salt in terms of who else was available during the stretches and who wasn't. Was he playing with two or three, the main lineup, things like that. But uh, overall, over a three-year sample size, I mean, uh, like you said, the, the winning, it, it, that's a big sample size at this point to say that he has an impact on winning. He does a little bit of everything at a very, very high level, scoring, rebounding. Obviously, he's facilitating. You've used the word connector a lot of times. Defender as well can switch on to multiple positions just and gets everyone organized. You know, he's so good in, you know, those late, I'm trying to think if any game in particular, um, I want to say maybe like the first Dallas game, the game in Sacramento. I remember him hitting some like big key buckets at the end of the game, just very, very calm, relaxed, gets to his spots, doesn't try and do too much. And, um, yeah, it's so valuable to have a guy like that. And you've seen his value when he is playing because it, it more likely than not the Hornets are going to win games when they have Gordon Hayward on the floor as opposed to when they don't. We're going to talk more about Gordon Hayward and his future a little bit later on but coming up next we'll sit down with the man himself. Gordon Hayward sits down with me after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Let's welcome Gordon Hayward here to the Hornets Hivecast. Gordon, thanks so much for joining us here in our season-ending edition. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a interesting season, to say the least. Obviously, injuries were a big part of the storyline. What is your thought on the 22-23 season now that it's in the rearview mirror fully? Yeah, man, I think it was it was disappointing in general. I think a lot of it had to do with our injuries. I mean, with injuries to key guys for, you know, numerous games it's it's hard to build a rhythm and build team chemistry you know both individually but also as a team I think when you have guys in and out of the lineup especially guys that handle the basketball a lot and have high usage rates um, it makes it difficult and so you know I think that's something that is is a little bit out of your control um, and very unlucky Uh, that being said I think we we Again, as with the last couple of years, had flashes where we were really good and stretches where we won some games that, you know, were a lot of fun to play in. You know, ultimately though you never want to be having this conversation this early into the into the summer. So I mean here we are still in spring, so you know, hopefully we can go into the off season and, and get better and um, be ready for next year. Coach Steve Clifford talked about how important summer is, not just for young players looking to improve, but for veterans as well. Everyone trying to build on their game, be their best versions of themselves going into the next season. The first two years coming into your time in Charlotte, you were coming off of a major injury, and it probably uh, stunted the start of your summer program. Injury, there's there's levels to it. There's you know ability to be 100% ability to get on the floor, come hell or high water, and then just completely unable to go for a longer period of time. Where do you feel you are heading into this summer, and how confident are you this can be one where maybe you have a full summer, able to dedicate yourself fully to the program that you want to be in? Yeah, I feel healthy, feel relatively healthy, and so that's a huge plus for me going into this offseason, being able to train the, the way that I want to train and um, not be restricted or only be able to do certain things. Um, so I think that's huge for me as a player. And I think going to be going into year 14, I mean, that's something that you have to focus on more and more is just your your body and your health and kind of, um, you know, trying to come into next season, you know, fully ready to go. And, you know, that starts by being able to, you know, not have to rehab. And so I think for me, I think I'm I'm good to go and uh, should have a great summer. Where do you want to improve the most in your game? Where do you foresee yourself being better come the start of the 23-24 edition of Gordon Hayward? Yeah, you know, I didn't shoot the ball that great this year. Um, certainly not the way that I'm capable of. So, um, you know, shooting will be a big focus. I think uh, shooting off the dribble, too, will be something that I'll hopefully improve and you know i think specifically from three more than anything so that'll be something that i work on your impact on wins and losses has been fairly consistent throughout your time in charlotte basically the team is roughly a 500 squad or a little bit above when you're on the floor and far from it when you're not but your role within that has changed over your time in charlotte you went from absolutely having to be the leading scorer every night for the team to have a chance to win to now just having to be the the solid player that you are and not necessarily having to uh, wear superman's cape to take the team
working with you. How has it felt making that transition in your career from, again, being totally dependent on to get wins to now being a very key piece, but a piece of mm-hmm. the puzzle? Yeah, I mean, I think it's part of that has been due to, you know, injuries and, you know, guys being hurt, you know, myself being hurt. And so your role has changed. My role has specifically changed throughout uh, my three years here, but also this season as well. It's it's changed multiple times. And I think I've kind of always prided myself on being a player, player that can, you know, put on different hats and, and do different things for the team. I think I just want to help us win games and I want to I want to see us, you know, get into the to the postseason and, and make a big run. And so, you know, I've tried to do that. And I think sometimes that's it's difficult to do kind of knowing which night is going to be a night that I'm look to be more aggressive to score or which night's a night I look to be more as a playmaker, a facilitator, and sometimes just a spacer and, you know, a cutter and a slasher. And, but I think I can do a little bit of, of everything. And I, I still feel confident when I am healthy of, of, of going out there and kind of leading our team in whatever way we need, you know, me to be, you know, the player that we need me to be. So it's been an interesting three years here for sure. You know, hopefully next year will be one that I can finally be healthy the whole year. One thing I don't want to leave without talking about is your work in the community. You came to Charlotte in the middle of a pandemic doing whatever you could to give back here in the Queen City, but not necessarily getting to be face-to-face with the people uh, that you were benefiting. Uh, I know how important it is to you and your wife, Robin, and your kids, either setting the example for them or having them be involved in it. What was it like to have more of a quote-unquote normal year, right. getting to see the, the faces of the people that you were working for and working with? Yeah, it's finally good to be able to do that. I mean, the first two years, it's like you said, it's everyone was wearing masks or we were doing virtual appearances. Um, so this year to be able to get out in the community and really see some some smiles on some kids' faces, I mean, that's you know my favorite thing to do as a basketball player is, is be with the kids and work with the kids. And you know, I got a couple more that I'm going to do this summer um, where I'll get a chance to to go and actually be at the school where my kids go and do some some stuff with the kids there and so the ability to be out and and not have to wear a mask is something that is i think it's what you guys can't see it but it puts a smile on my face uh, right now thinking about it and so that was a lot of fun this year certainly something we won't take for granted again that's right in terms of the future we talked a little bit about how your your role has shifted somewhat within the team thinking to next season where hopefully uh, it won't be just one guy who plays over 65 games it'll be the entire core i can't root for everyone to play 82 but the league said 65 is the number for <laughs> yes. mvp so want everyone to be eligible for all nba what do you think the team is possible of accomplishing right now if all of the pieces currently on the rosters we end the 22-23 season are there in 23-24 if they all played 65 games where do you think the win total could end up next season well i I think we are you know most definitely better than you know the 14 uh seed that we had this year i think it's it's hard to say exactly because this is we i haven't had a year here where we've been healthy for most of the year different guys have been hurt and you know i I, what's it kind of sucks having to continually talk about it but it's it's the reality of kind of what we've we've been forced to play with you know the 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 uh, hand that we were dealt so to speak so when we're fully healthy as you know the fans have seen we can beat anybody and we have beaten anybody over my three years here we've 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 played with the best teams and and beaten the best teams both on the road and at home and so those were fun moments you know we need to be able to play more consistently defensively if we want to you know win more consistently and some of that is a young team and 
you know, starting to have experiences where you can, you know, learn and, and figure out how to win basketball games. But, um, you know, certainly health is the biggest thing for our team. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that next year we can be healthy. Last one for you. Obviously, the focus has to be on yourself, on the players that you know are coming back. But going into this offseason, there's a one in eight chance that Charlotte will land the number one pick in the draft. There's a 50-50 chance it'll be a top four pick in the upcoming lottery. Uh, it's certainly not where you guys wanted to be, but it, it is something that is in front of the franchise. Would it, would it mean potentially to the team to land that kind of player, knowing what you've been through in, in more than a decade in the league and seeing what some of those guys have done in terms of impact on their franchise based off draft position yeah i mean it's always interesting to see where the lottery balls fall and which pick you'll get i mean i think that's it's something where you know somebody if you get a high draft pick like that they really can help your team but you know as young players in the league you got to realize that every year there's somebody else coming into the league and there's going to be other people that are on your team and hopefully that drives some of the younger players to really work hard in the summer and improve their game and you know I'm looking forward to seeing you know what what's going to happen with our team and as you as you mentioned it's a little bit out of my control so I think you try to focus on your game individually and be the best player that you can be. Gordon, we appreciate your time all season long. You've been great working with us here on the Hornets Hivecast and and within the community. I really do appreciate, look forward to talking to you again next season come October and having this particular conversation in May or June or later next season. That's right. It's been fun. Thank you, guys. Still more to come. Stay right here. You're listening to the Hornets Hivecast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sam Farber and Sam Purley here with you here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Sam Purley, we just got done with our conversation there, season ending one with Gordon Hayward. A lot of topics covered. What stood out to you? Yeah, I think for starters, just obviously he's disappointed as I think a lot of the team are, is this season. It, they had higher expectations and higher goals and wanted to uh, still be playing right now and, and you know a lot of circumstances particularly the injuries just never never allowed them to really kind of find momentum and I think for Gordon too in particular this really I mean I know I remember talking to him during the preseason and training camp and how badly he wanted to just stay healthy and be available to this team and it wasn't nearly the I guess seriousness of the injuries that he had the first two years not being able to play down the stretch in those big meaningful kind of games in March and April last season but you know having to miss nine games here eight games there six games here you know and and by the time you kind of get really rolling the season almost felt like mid-January we kind of knew where the season was kind of ultimately heading to so it's tough I think just on a personal level I think we feel for him because these guys want to play they really really want to play they want to be out on the court nobody wants to be sitting on the sideline not Gordon not LaMelo not Terry they want to go out there and make an impact and you know how much it hurts from an emotional and a, and a mental standpoint to not be physically able to go out and make a difference and your team is kind of continuing to lose or putting challenging situations too so it is a benefit uh, you know a silver lining that he is entering the offseason healthy i remember last year on exit interviews he came in was on a like a scooter or something and had a hard cast or something on his leg because 
uh, from the ankle sprain. There was still complications with it. So I don't know how long that took him to rehab, but it is really good that he's entering the offseason much healthier than he was the previous two years and kind of hit the ground running and hopefully have a, a healthy summer just like the rest of the team and, and you know, really go into training camp in, in several months down the line with, with some momentum and a lot of hard work put in over the past few months. Heading into year four, he's 33 years old, and there's a lot of factors here beyond uh, just you know what he is doing going into his 14th year in the NBA that's going to be determinative of what his role is on the team. And I'm not talking about you know what position does he start at. I'm talking about what number is he in terms of priority for shots, or you know how much attention is going to be driven his way. Obviously, some decisions to be made in terms of free agency for the franchise that will dictate some of that, and if lottery luck goes their way as we talked about with Gordon a little bit there that can have a big impact as well Gordon himself was a lottery pick pick number nine by Utah back in 2010 Uh, he knows full well it's hard to make an impact as a rookie his first year he was coming off the bench second year most of the time was a starter third year back to a reserve role kind of following the PJ Washington kind of timeline then year four full-time starter has been basically ever since I think obviously availability is a big key for him if he can play in 65 games as we talked about earlier the team's win percentage just shoots way up when he's out there versus when he's not so him playing in 65 games to me would indicate that it's probably a playoff season for Charlotte as much as anything would determine that Um, but even more so if the team hits on the lottery you could be looking at a situation where Gordon Hayward's role is very different for this upcoming season than if they're not picking in the top two or three or depending on what happens in free agency. Yeah, so much is going to happen uh, between now and, and next season just with the draft. It happens every year, draft, free agency, things like that. Hopefully, as we've used the term, uh, we might have to go back and add up how many times we used the word injuries on these season-ending podcasts. Uh, it's got to be close to a 1,000, but hopefully having better injury luck last year, next year, you know, we'll, we'll certainly dictate his role. He's not going to be – I mean, there were games this year he was playing point guard. I mean, you know, his best – He's a primary ball handler, but you know this. There is uh, he's best suited as kind of that wing guy that can play off the ball, on the ball when you need him. But you know, through just the Steve Clifford had to use him in different ways than maybe he had been used in years past, just because they didn't have Lamelo Ball at times, they didn't have Kelly Oubre or Terry Rozier or Dennis Smith and Cody Martin, these guys that were kind of making up the primary backcourt too. So I think whatever Gordon Hayward has shown in his I think thirteen years in the league now, particularly this season that he can adapt to any role. I mean, he's so versatile. He's so talented, so smart. Uh, I mean, this is a real enjoyment. I don't know about for you necessarily, but I just enjoy watching him play. Just he always seems to make the right play, the right read, the right pass, the right shot. I mean, he just has very, very, you know, you can tell he's like processing and thinking things, but he's never overthinking. He's never rushed. He's never delayed. The timing is just really, really good on everything. And that's so valuable to a team, particularly a team that had a lot of youth in the rotation at times. He was counted on and leaned on by Coach Clifford and the staff to be that guy that kind of got them over the hump in some of these games make that big shot down the stretch make that key pass defend that guy go help over there set a screen too so whatever his role is in the future i think he's gonna knock it out of the park whether it's hopefully not something like this past year because that would mean there's a lot of injuries coming but i think you know the hornets are in good shape again like you said if he's on the floor for 65 games next year or even more that would be absolutely fantastic he's a joy to watch on this end as well just uh, i think that's 65 game mark that the nba has said I, I think that that is that is huge if he plays in that again i think the hornets are a playoff team 
and I think the numbers are going to bear that out. Seven of his first eight seasons in the NBA, uh, he played in at least 65 games. He was very durable. The one time he missed was obviously the year where he had that tragic injury day one of the season, and so that, that knocked him out of that one. But every other year he played in at least 65 games. Not fair to judge him on that standard the following two seasons because both were shortened due to COVID. Since then, though, he's been right around the 50-game mark, which is where he played this year. If he can get to 65 games, The team can keep him healthy. And some of that is having the additional depth behind him to not have to put so much strain on him early, middle, throughout the season. And that's going to become more possible because, you know, a silver lining of all these injuries is a lot of young guys, Bryce McGowan's, who can play Gordon Hayward's position in stints, he got a lot more time. What happens in the draft, that could create another spot on the roster. The further development of other guys that are already near the back of the bench for the Hornets, but will be back next season. And of course, what happens in free agency. So all these things could contribute. I don't know that you need to have Gordon Hayward play for 35 minutes minutes a game in 65 games to win, but him appearing in 65 games, obviously with either the key minutes that that comes with a player of his stature, that will go a long way here for Buzz City. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We will keep it rolling, keep going through the Hornets roster. Next up on the docket, we are going to be talking about Hornets now third year forward entering year three kai jones he'll be our next topic of conversation next time around here on the hhc sam Perley, thanks as always for joining me of course thank you for having me thanks to rob longo our producer for putting this podcast together most of all thanks to all of you for tuning in for everyone here i'm sam farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along we will talk to you next time right here on the hornets hivecast thank you for listening to the hornets hivecast brought to you by senta the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.